This is episode 157 of the Prepper Website Podcast. Today's articles are 11 Surprising Uses for Soap and How to Make Bannock or Indian Bread the Food of Mountain Men. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey, before I get started, I'd, I'd like to welcome all the new listeners. Uh, in the last week, uh, it looks like we've just kind of shot up with listeners, and I just uh, want to just say welcome and uh, hope you're enjoying the podcast. Um, we're glad to have you here. Um, if you're new to the podcast, uh, I'd like to share that uh, there's a lot of, you know, I cover one to two articles, uh, uh, sometimes three, depending on the length, uh, a podcast, but uh, you can get a lot more preparedness information over at PrepperWebsite.com. Uh, we post uh, somewhere between uh, eight to 12 articles every uh, every evening, and uh, so every day, the best preparedness articles that are out there. And then also on the top right-hand corner, we have specific uh, pages uh, or pages that are dedicated to things like alternative news, uh, firearms, uh, DIY, frugal living, uh, those kinds of things. And so I uh, I would welcome you to go over there and check those out. There's a lot of good things, uh, a lot of good information over there. So let's go ahead and get started on today's first article. I really like articles that give you a lot of, um, you know, or actually show you or help you to understand multi-uses for, for one item. I think in the preparedness world, that's a, that's a big plus. Um, the thing I like about this article is that it actually uh, will break it down a little bit more for you other than just giving you a list. It gives you a little bit more information on how to actually do it. And so this is 11 surprising uses for soap, and it's going to be found over at homesteadsurvivalsite.com. Again, that's homesteadsurvivalsite.com. Let's go ahead and read this one. Who doesn't love discovering multi-purpose household items? If you love saving money, getting innovative around the house, and being an overall hero, then you're going to love these tips and tricks on how to use bar soap and dish soap in out-of-the-ordinary ways. With great power comes great responsibility. Pre- prepare to be known as the go-to problem solver once your family and friends learn how handy you are with unsuspecting everyday items to tackle icy driveways, holes in the walls, stuffy smells, and more. Unusual uses for bar soap. Number one, soothe bug bites. Nature lovers know all too well the pain of, of a bug bite, especially those nagging ones around your ankles. If you haven't tried this DIY bug bite relief trick yet, now is the time. Use a cheese grater or zester to shave off some dry soap shavings. Massage into your bug bites and don't scratch. The dry soap sticks to your pores and absorbs some of that itchy pain and also keeps your bites clean. Antibacterial soap is fine. High fragrant soap is okay but not favorable. And odorless soap like Cerave is ideal. Number two is deer repellent. Got pesky deer that are always eating your berries or nibbling at your ferns? Put out a treat that will leave a bad taste in their mouth and push them to move along. Unwrap your bar of soap. Secure with a piece of twine, leaving enough length at the end to tie to a branch or fence post. Hang bars of soap sporadically around your garden or areas where the deer like to graze. 
At first, the deer are drawn to taste the soap, and their reaction is priceless. Number three, oil up stuck zippers, drawers, or doors. Got a stuck zipper or sliding door that just won't budge? Don't force it. Otherwise, you might end up breaking or tearing what you're, what you're working with. Instead, try this quick DIY solution to loosen things up. Rub the bar of soap generously on the stuck area. Zip it or slide it a few times to distribute the soap. Use a dry rag to wipe away any residue. You don't have to worry about the soap compromising metals, wood, or staining your fabric. Number four is freshen your drawers and cabinets. Did you go to Costco and buy way more soap that you possibly could use? While these bars sit around waiting for their turn to be used, put them to good use and add a bit of fragrance to those stuffy areas in your home. Unwrap the bars from the plastic, wrap them in a scrap of fabric or tissue paper and tie with a bow or twine. Stick your wrapped bar of soap in with your socks or in your closet for a fresh scent. Number five, use a spackle. Use as a spackle. Alternative for holes in the wall. After you've gone crazy watching the HDTV channel that has left tons of small holes in your wall from nails and tacks, don't panic. There is a quick solution to hide where those nails have left a mark. Get a bar of soap that matches your paint. White for white walls is very easy. Use a cheese grater to collect some soap shavings. Press the soap shavings into the wall and voila. Holes, what holes? Number six, keep your nails clean. Before you start working in the garden, dig your long nails into a bar of soap. The soap will act as a barrier between you and dirt. Soap will easily dislodge once you wash your hands, whereas dirt takes some digging and scrubbing to remove. You can figure this one out. Number seven, prep your house before painting. About to undertake a big painting project in the house? Instead of meticulously covering your doorknobs, window seals, and vents with plastic or tape, we've got a better solution. Microwave a bar of soap for 15 seconds. Take the bar of soap and rub it on the surface that is in the paint splatter zone. After you finish painting, take a damp rag and wipe away the soap and paint splatter. Um, okay, so I, I don't know if I would try that one or not. I think uh, I still would probably put down plastic and tape uh, on that one. But I don't know. It might work. Uh, you know, If you've tried that one, hey, let us know in the comment section. All right, so here are some creative crossovers with dish soap. Number eight, get the perfect manicure. Did you know that soaking your fingers in dish soap is the best way to prep your cuticles for the best manicure of your life? This is a beauty game changer that softens your cuticles and removes natural oils that get in the way of flawless nails. Choose a ramekin or bowl that is deep enough and wide enough to fit your fingers. Cover the base with dish soap. Soak for one to two minutes on both hands and rinse and get to trimming or pushing back those cuticles. You can thank me later. So I know all the guys are like, what the heck, Todd, what, you know, what, you know manicure. Uh, but I've got to say, there's a lot of women who are listening to the podcast. Uh, a lot of women who are listening to the podcast, and they're coming over to the Facebook page. And so uh, I've been kind of surprised about that. I, I actually uh, am thinking about wanting to do some kind of, uh, uh, you know, like a questionnaire 
and just see you know uh, who's out there and who's listening because uh, Prepper website I, I know the demographics of Prepper website uh, but the podcast is it looks like it's taking on some different demographics and so uh, you know that one's perfect for the ladies there um, and uh, and those of you men who might go get a manicure uh, you might appreciate that one too but uh, yeah I I know that there's a lot of women listening so. Um, Hey, thanks for listening. All right, so number nine is repel bugs from your plants. The biggest struggle anyone with a garden or house plant faces is the invasion of unwanted pests. Get rid of spiders, caterpillars, ants, and any other insect that nibbles on your plants with this dish soap trick. Step one, get a spray bottle. Add one teaspoon of dish soap. Fill the rest of the bottle with water and modestly spray on the leaves and base of your plants. Your plants are still safe to eat, but only for humans. Number 10. De-ice your sidewalks and driveway. Winters can be harsh. Slippery walkways are an accident waiting to happen, and if your driveway is steep, driving becomes a real challenge. Dish soap is actually a fantastic way to keep your driveways ice-free. Follow this dish soap de-icing recipe. Number 1. Teaspoon of dish soap. One tablespoon of rubbing alcohol and a half gallon of hot or warm water. Get your hands on a deep bucket with an easy pour lip. Make mix your anti-ice recipe together in the bucket and pour the de-iced mixture on surface with ice or that are prone to ice. The mixture will melt the ice and prevent it from collecting ice for days to come. Uh, that's a new one on me. I've never heard that one. Of course, I don't live. Uh, somewhere where you know ice is formed on driveways, uh, being in Houston and all that. But uh, you know that's a new one. I've never heard that that this little trick here. So if this one works, that might be very useful for those of you who are living up uh, up north. And uh, I would be curious to know if that one works as well. Uh, if if that one really helps to de-ice, you would almost think that the uh, that the soap in the in the mixture will would cause it you know would freeze over and cause it to be even more slippy slippery than uh, ice would but uh, I guess not maybe the rubbing alcohol helps with that all right so and then finally number 11 is remove sticky substances from your hair gum glue Vaseline nail polish if you have kids then the odds are you've had a battle with one of these getting stuck in the ha- in the hair an alternative to wasting your yummy peanut butter or cutting the mess out is to use dish soap. Pour a tablespoon of dish soap into the palm of your hand. Gently massage it into the tangled sticky hair. Let the dish soap sit in the hair for about five minutes. Rinse with water and follow with a typical shampoo conditioner process. And then the bonus, remove fleas from your dog or cat. Watch this video to see how dish soap can be used as an alternative to flea treatment which are so harsh and irritating on your pet skin. There isn't an issue you can't fix with a little creativity and ingenuity. Consider buying soap in bulk. That way you can save a few dollars and always have some soapy solutions on hand around the house. Soap doesn't spoil, rot, or get stale. You've got nothing to lose. Uh, Somebody left a comment on this one. Um, It's just one comment. Uh, that the the soap of the drawers thing, that that would actually uh, cause the soap to to last longer because you're taking it out of the the plastic wrap and you're allowing it to dry, uh, you know, dry more, dry longer, 
and that would actually cause the soap to become harder and last longer. So uh, it's just um, the same type of idea when when you're you're making soap, you want it to dry out, uh, and uh, that would cause it to last a little bit longer. But some uh, some good tips here that I haven't heard before, and uh, that are you know pretty interesting, and hopefully you find them as well. There are links uh, through this throughout this article that you'll want to go check out. And again, that's over at homesteadsurvivalsite.com. All right, so our uh, our next article comes to us from PreppersWill.com. Again, that that's PreppersWill.com. And uh, the title is How to Make Bannock or Indian Bread the Food of Mountain Men. I think this is, uh, this is uh, an important article because, um, you know, we're so used to bread. Uh, and those of you that are, you know, that make it on your own, uh, you know, good for you. And, you know, it's easy, it's easy for you to make. You've got a lot of experience. But there's going to be a lot of people out there who, uh, when, when the poop hits the fan, that they don't, um, you know, it's just, they're just going to go out with, they're going to go without bread because they're just not uh, used to making it. Well, this is a very easy recipe that you can use to uh, have that, you know, have bread along with your meals. And it's, uh, you know, calorie rich and, uh, you know, gives you a a little bit of uh, variance in your food and uh, what you're eating. So, uh, like I said, this is a very easy uh, recipe, Um, you know, just a a couple of different um, uh, items, ingredients that you need. And uh, you know you you would be good to go, and also you can kind of keep this bread around for a little bit, not as long as you would keep something like hard uh, hardtack, but uh, you can you know it's not going to spoil the next day. So uh, let's go ahead and read this one again. This is how to make bannock or Indian bread, the food of mountain men. Back in the 18th century, every day was survive was a survival situation for most people in North America. Obtaining and eating foods with high calorie intake was a great challenge. The taste wasn't a priority back then, and people were looking for calories and durability. Such food is the bannock or Indian bread, and it is made even today on the trail. Many families relied on bannock because they were able to keep it in all weather and it stayed fresh for long periods of time. In fact, bannock was an important staple food on the Oregon Trail. It is one of the survival foods that preppers should learn to make, and you can find it in the same league as pemmican, jerky, and hardtack. These foods will help you survive in these modern times should you find yourself in a crisis. So what is bannock? To put it in a few words, bannock is a round, heavy, and unleavened bread. Most mountain men call it a flat cake. It is the closest thing to bread they had back then, and it was easy to make on the trail. When a round bannock is cut into wedges, the wedges are often called scones. Bannock is also known as Indian bread, and it can be found throughout North American native cuisines. Even the Inuit of Canada and Alaska are making bannock, and this bread recipe can be found in the cultures of other Alaska natives as well. Bannock is made from four simple ingredients, flour, salt, fat, and baking powder. Back in the day, they used bacon grease or rendered buffalo fat, but today is cooking oil, but today cooking oil is used instead of fat. Indian bread is usually prepared with white or whole wheat flour. Since taste wasn't a priority and people were looking for calories and durability, the original recipe has been altered over the years. Most campers or mountain men started to add sugar, honey, wild berries, oatmeal, and powdered milk to improve its taste. The advantage of bannock is that it can last for up to a week or longer. It all depends on how you manage to store it. 
So how to make bannock bread. As I said before, there's not much to making Indian bread and all you need is a little practice and the right attitude. This recipe can be made during your camping trips and it's a great skill to pass to younger generations. The ingredients, one cup of flour, one teaspoon of baking powder, one fourth teaspoon of salt, bacon grease, and water. Here are the directions. To make bannock, you can use a cast iron frying pan like the pioneers or you can use the method of the Native Americans. The original way of cooking bannock is to wrap the thick dough around dry peeled sticks and cook it over the fire. Start by mixing the flour with the baking powder and salt. Add some baking grease and slowly add water to thicken. Mix the ingredients and keep adding water until you obtain a thick mixture like putty. Cooking it using a cast iron frying pan. Get a small cast iron, iron frying pan and oil it well. Let the pan warm over the fire and pour the dough into the pan. You can spread it using a wooden spatula or your hands. Pay attention or you will burn your fingers. When you pour the dough into the pan, you shouldn't hear any hiss or sizzle like a pancake batter. If that's the case, the cast iron frying pan is too hot and you need to let it cool. Your bannock will start to look like a loaf after a few minutes and you will need to flip it over. All you need is a steak or I'm sorry, is a shake is to shake the pan a little and use a wooden spatula to do so. You will need to keep flipping it until it gets brown crust and the crust starts breaking and reveals a yellow core. Cooking it on a stick over a campfire. Once you make the dough, roll it into a long narrow strip. Peel a couple of dry sticks and wrap it around them so it's no more than one half inch thick. To cook bannock using this method, you will need to keep the sticks away from an open flame. Cook it slowly over the coals until it gets a brownish color and it can be peeled easily from the stick. To improve the taste, you can add butter, more bacon grease, or even berries or other dry fruits. It will enhance the flavor, but it will shorten the shelf life. How long does bannock last? This all depends on how you handle and store your dough. For example, the uncooked dough can be kept for months if stored in a dry place wrapped in wax paper. Once you cook bannock, you will be able to keep it for a week or two in colder environments. You will need to store it in a cool, dry place. It will eventually mold due to the grease you added. Another trick to keep cooked bannock last longer is to eliminate the grease. You will need to just you will need to just add water to thicken and it will last much longer. However, I have to warn you that the taste will be very bland. Baking Indian bread in the wilderness is not a hard job and it will reward you with the comfort of home. You will be able to enjoy some warm bread while choking down some jerky or pemmican. Most people already carry a cast iron frying pan or a Dutch oven for their camping trips, but even if you lack those tools, you shouldn't panic. As you saw, cooking bannock over some coals using nothing more than a few peeled sticks is a kid's job. This Native American food will keep you fed when you explore the wilderness back trails, and it's a good skill to master and pass on. All right. So, um, good article there, easy recipe, something that a lot of people will want to try. Um, there's a few pictures in the um, uh, at the top in the, you know that has the the title of the uh, of the article in there, but you get to see a little bit of w what it looks like, and then also uh, on a stick cooking over a fire. 
But, uh, you know, you want to have this recipe. This might be something that you might want to go print off or maybe you just want to kind of write it down. But uh, this is uh, an easy way to have uh, a form of bread uh, if things start to uh, go downhill, but you're used to bread or you want some bread and, and this is easy to make. So that's, again, that's over at PreppersWill.com. All right, so, um, you know, it's a short uh, podcast today, very short, probably one of the shortest ones I've ever done. Uh, but uh, there's a little reason for that one. Uh, again, I'd like to uh, just say thank you to all the new listeners and all of you who have been with me for a while now. I uh, appreciate it. I often hear from people and say, hey, Todd, I've, I've made it to this episode or I've, I've gone to this episode. And I and, uh, really do appreciate all the support out there. Uh, if you'd like to connect with, uh, with me, I'd love for you to come over to the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. You can leave a, a message for me in one of the comment section uh, in one of the episodes. Or you can connect with me on, prepper, on PrepperWebsite.com. You can do that too. Uh, you can connect with me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, and uh, don't forget to come over to the Facebook group and uh, come check us out and you know see what's over there. Again, you can come and lurk if you if you don't want to get involved or you just kind of want to see what it's about. Or you can get involved and, and start sharing some of your knowledge and asking questions. Uh, you know, we always appreciate that. And so definitely don't want it to be something that's just completely driven by me. Um, I'm looking for, you know, the, the, the fact that there's people out there who uh, are curious about preparedness. And then there's a lot of people out there who have a lot of knowledge about preparedness that, uh, that they're able to share as well. So a uh, great community over there. If you haven't become part of the email list, I want to uh, welcome you to, to join the email list and to be enrolled automatically into the e-course, Building a More Self-Reliant Life. All right. So, uh, again, thanks for listening. With that, let me close it out. Choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government, grid, or the grind. Until tomorrow, stay prepped and aware. Peace.